What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast segment is brought to you by Ease, E-A-Z-E dot com and EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM. Also, guy, you want to get your gamble on MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one, promo code HAM1. Get in our DraftKings game for the NFL weekend, $10 buy-in. Go to DraftKings, download the DraftKings app, download the DraftKings app right now and use the promo code HAM. And GetRoman.com slash ham, edmedicine, GetRoman.com slash ham. Now to the segment. College football headlines, Middlecoff. College football headlines. And uh, there's so much to start with. I mean, what Oregon, Jalen, I did think Hugh Freeze coaching from a hospital bed. If you told me a coach is going to coach from a hospital bed, I'd be like, come on. Like, I know coaches are crazy, but that's insane. But then it happened. It's one of the most absurd visuals you'll ever see in pro sports, guy. It was it, it was. Were you insanity. watching it? Like, did you see it? I didn't see it until after. No, the game I just saw internet. it go viral, yeah. and everyone. And then it just kept diving in. Like he gave guy, he gave a pregame speech from the hospital bed. He gave a postgame press conference from the hospital bed. He gave an interview to ESPN mid-game from the hospital bed. Like. He said, a, I mean, he had some valid points. He's like, well, the angle I'm at, I can't really see the game clock. Like, I'm not calling plays or anything. I'm just giving them some nuggets, uh, my offensive and defensive coordinator. But he's like, you know, I don't have a great view of the play clock or the or the time on the game. He's like, so it's a, it was a difficult transition. Do you know that he was, and I, I think he told the ESPN people this, he was like 24 hours away. If he didn't get to the hospital, he might have died. Like he, he, I mean, he, whatever infection he had... He had a staph infection. Could have killed him, Yeah, guy. staph infections are horrible. Bad. Is is that the ultimate football guy move or the ultimate crazy guy move? Both, and I guess they're probably one and the same, right? A football guy move is a crazy guy move, usually. Um, was that, I love that he that was wearing... Was not how about, a, that, how, wasn't a ho- that was a home game because, obviously, Syracuse plays in the Dome, right? Uh, so it was Liberty a home hosted game, yeah. Syracuse, unless it was a neutral site. But yeah, I think it was a home. Like you, you couldn't pull this off on the road. No, no. <laughs> Him giving the thumbs up. My favorite part of the whole visual 
is him. He's wearing the visor. <laughs> he's well, laying in a hospital it, bed. Where, if you haven't seen it, it's incredible. Media people have all seen this, and pe- coaches all understand this. I don't know if the common fan realizes this, but if you just think about it logistically, when you do an, if if you go to a football game, let's say you get in the arena, your stadium, twenty minutes before, people are on the field, right? Well, the coaching staff, the guys that are going to be in the booth don't really go, like, with about 10 minutes left, they got to work their way up to the booth. So a lot of times there's a main elevator where media and just a bunch of, you know, even some of your sweet holders are using. Well, they go, coach is coming through, coach is coming through. Right. And they kind of back everyone off. And even the biggest boosters or an NFL game, the high price places, have to back off and wait. Can you imagine when they go, Coach Freeze is coming through, and they're wheeling him on a hospital bed. <laughs> Can you imagine the visuals of just some of the fans? Oh like, this God. is insane. Did he earn some street cred, though, with his university, coach in a hospital bed? Because I think he do a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. School, I also think it kind of sets the Jerry tone. Falwell. I think it sets the tone. I saw a lot of people tweeting about, like, listen, worst case scenario, we have to fire Jeremy Pruitt at the end of this year. Hugh Freeze will be ready to take over the job. And it kind of proves, like, Tennessee, I'm ready. There, nothing will stop me from coaching. It's true. It is great PR. Um, did you see on Friday night, Oklahoma State was playing Oregon State? I watched it. And the was it the Oklahoma State coaches, either they got stuck in the elevator or just... Eleva- elevator stalled. Yeah, so they had a shot of the booth, and there was just one guy in the booth, like, working the phones. Because I was like, what is going on? And there's they just delay- one guy they delayed like, the, They out. delayed the game for those guys. They delayed, yes, which they should. Yeah. Uh, but there's just one poor guy. He's thinking like, "Oh my god, he's probably right. He's preparing for the worst. This game might start, and I am the only guy up here." Yeah, because that guy clearly doesn't go down and back up. Right, he just stays there for the whole game. Right, which is what you should. I would always have one guy take the stairs just in case. Can you name the one stadium where there would have been a major freakout if that would have happened from the opposing team? Because it's it's on the my. I can see it on ESPN. The team. If the opposing team. Yeah, like, well, I'm saying the home team. Gillette Stadium? It, yeah. The Patriots? I mean, if yeah. that like if that happened Sunday night with the Steelers who called foul on them a couple times, like their headsets go out, imagine if the elevator fucking stalled and Belichick's like, we got to play it as it goes. We just keep playing. Like, people would be like, what the fuck? Well, all, and then you're to- looking like, it's like somehow all Bill's coach, because they're like, well, we can't use headset communication to the booth. And Bill looks around, it's like, all his coaches are on the field at that particular moment. <laughs> yeah. To me, that that's the ultimate Patriot move. The elevator stalls right before the second half. And you're right. I was like, well, okay, you can't. All his coaches are on the side. That would be classic. Uh, let's see. What else? What did you think of... Uh... What did you think of Oregon? Oregon Auburn. That was the big. I mean, we talked so much about that game. I, I I thought the overall, just on on a big picture thought, non like Pac twelve SEC or whatever. I, I I just can't express my love for the sport of football, like the importance of football. I like I'm getting texts from people about like, oh, the Giants suck. Like I, I'm sorry, like I, I'm I'm no more Giants talk moving forward. Like I, I'm even trying to watch baseball games. They, they, there, there is, and even the NBA clearly can't sniff this. There is nothing like the urgency and the importance of a football game. There just isn't because there's only a small amount of them. And then when you get the perfect combo of clearly two, I mean, I think Oregon's damn good. Auburn's fucking legit. Of course they are. They're Auburn. I mean, they, they, I think they've been to multiple national championship games guy in the last 10 years. They're good. That thing was... 
I te- my takeaway was like if that was the national championship game, everyone would have been satiated. Like that would have been perfect. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Just the just the the power of it. Well, the, the the television product guy was just people were tweeting me like, "Whoa, that was big. T- that was just awesome." You know, it's just it's just awesome. Yeah, I um, you know, when I was at Fresno State, and then afterwards, I was a big fan of the uh, we we got to get sixteen team playoff, but I would not expand the playoff beyond four because what it does by keeping it so limited is it maintains this level of urgency week one. I, I wonder if you, you could get talk to me into eight. You could talk, yeah, you could talk me into eight. I think you would still have some urgency. Yeah, I, I think that Jerry's Palace is just one of the great gifts from the football gods. Of you, you put a game there that just now you can put a game there. You know, remember didn't Saban play USC a couple years ago? Remember when Max Brown was starting quarterback, and then Darnold ended up coming in a couple weeks later, and they kicked the shit out of him. But when the game is tight and it's college football. And you got to give. I, I thought I give the. You know the SEC is going to travel, but it, clearly Oregon's the right team to pick because there was a shitload of green there. It, it was awesome. I, I don't. I don't know what else. Any other way to describe it beside that? That was just bad ass. Yeah. I mean, Bo Nick. That was a true freshman. The photo of him celebrating with Cam Newton, or no, no, it wasn't with Cam. He was wearing a Cam jersey. I don't know who the player was. I thought. I, I thought at first it was a little cheesy, but then I'm like, that's kind of cool. In the beginning of the game, yeah, both the dads introduce their kids. I'm yeah. like, that's kind of that's cool little wrinkle, right? They probably don't do it if Bo Nix's dad isn't a former quarterback. But I, guess, I, but I, I missed the first half. I only watched the second half because I, for some reason, went to Cal at UC Davis, which was fun. But just the the football game, like the game was cool. The football game sucked. That when you when you watch that first half, there were just some of the craziest ass plays of these turnovers and fumbles right. and both through a pick. That guy. Well, Oregon had a crazy that? return and then fumbled a handoff and Auburn <laughs> almost takes it back to the house. Oh, at, Oregon the dropped F- a touchdown, then missed the field goal. The, the, the Oh my God. The, and the field goal. It's like, bro, it wasn't even close. True it was freshman. like a 10 yard field goal. The, 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 and the drop touchdown hit awful. the guy in the bread basket. Yeah, I know. How about the effort by the guy to catch the Auburn fumble returner? Big Cat? <laughs> what? Was the Auburn guy's name Big Cat? Fowler that's calling the, him Big that, Cat. That's the defensive lineman? He just called, he's like, Big Cat, I think is what he was calling him. I can't yeah, stress this effort. enough. Herbert, was that was a good sprint. Yeah, and I tweeted this. The, the speed in which the front seven, and you can be like, oh, the SEC, they're a shitty team. I, I don't care about Tennessee and... You know, Vanderbilt and their shitty teams. I almost said Kentucky, but you can't the, say that. No. They actually, I think, played a tighter game than they thought. But their top four or five teams, Bama, Auburn, LSU, Georgia, and you could throw uh, Texas A&M in there now too, and maybe Florida. Their front sevens just look like, like, are we sure the Raiders' front seven is that good? Because I'm not. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, they got seven NFL guys. Probably three top fifty picks, probably a couple first rounders. Like I'm talking each team, and Georgia and Alabama might have like four first rounders of the seven. They're just cracking skulls, guy. Like they are, and that's where I give Oregon credit. They were ready to crack skulls too. They, they yeah. were hanging with them physically. Well, it definitely it hurts Oregon this year. Like you texted me, like Crystal Ball now in two years. It, no, in a year plus a game has had two just heartbreaking losses. This one and the Stanford loss last year. Um. 
and and you know obviously the conversation like the Pac-12 needed this all that I do think I think this is a little more I'd say even this is a little more gut punch just because it's week one the build yeah. up all the off seasons but it was the same deal like they were they had like last year John don't forget Jalen Red's about to score a touchdown that's going to put the game away but his foot hits the pylon before the ball crosses the goal line it's not a touchdown even though it had been ruled a touchdown on the field Oregon gets the ball at the three. A fumble six, a scoop and yeah. score on a bad snap, two plays, three plays so it was later. A, it was a 14-point swing. It was crazy. But anyway, um, so, yeah, it hurts their CFP chances this year. It hurts the Pac-12, all that. I do think just in a bubble, if you're an Oregon fan, you're like, we're on the right track. You're like, yeah, I would I would have liked my guy. I, I, I don't think most people are thinking that, even though really? that's a true statement. We're on yeah, the right I, track. No, I, I don't, I mean, I'm just telling them what they should think. Is like this football team right now, in, like I would say, I was just trying to think since SC beat Penn State with Sam Darnold, and maybe even before that. Like when you play in the biggest games, I think this is one of the better performances. And I just think if you're, here's the deal: their guys are flying around too, making big well, plays. But but here here's my problem with the right track because Mario's clearly tre- uh, recruiting an elite guy, and his teams are going to be tough and physical. But at the end of the day, where I think if you're an Oregon guy, you go, well, this guy's going to recruit a ton of NFL guys, which we've always done, but have us in the mix. Like, we're going to be able to hang with whoever. But at the end of the day, when it, when I got to go, you know, ch- you know, uh, chess, chess match with an opposing coach, like Gus Malzahn, national championship level coach. Like, he could win a national championship. I don't think he's been in one as the head coach. He won one as their offensive coordinator. But twice now, and definitely this game was, you know, it was a, a little Del Rio-ish. Like, you talk a big game, Mario, and then you're running the ball on third and seven. You On a fourth and one, you run it up the gut. Like, you kind of coach scared when it got because at the end of the day, you're an O-line coach. That's what you're going to resort to. I just question if I was an Oregon fan. Like, I, I think we're going to be good. And I think you've told me, or other people have told me, they got a backup quarterback, or he's recruited a guy. That yeah, well, that's the guy that's com- that, that came in for a play, is Tyler which Scott. I get. But I, I think the question is going to be: Can this guy at our program, where we want to be able to win a national championship, is he ever going to be good enough to do that? And yeah, I'd say, no, that's, you'd be leaning probably no. That's fair. I'm just saying the program is clearly better than it was 13 games ago when he took over. Like now, I don't think there's any question. If I about wanted that. to go a positive side, you'd go. I'd much. I'd rather have Mario Cristobal than Willie Taggart. Yeah, I'm just I feel good about that. Well, definitely that. I'm just saying, like, two years ago, Oregon football was like, how are they going to get it back? And then I watched them play Auburn, and they looked like they belonged on the field, like more than belonged on the field. And you might say, the counter that is, well, that's not the highest bar. Fine, but it is progress from where they've been not that long ago. But that's, but like, help, part of where Helfrich fell off is it turns out, like, yeah, he wasn't really a dynamic coach, and he was a terrible recruiter. Like, Oregon, when they recruit right, they're just, they're, 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 they are a factor. Yeah, well, I'm just like, saying you they get always credit did. for putting yourself in that position. Like, I think they should get credit for that. Like, if SC looked like that, it'd be... But again, like, to me, this is where the Pac-12 has to get back to, is like, it was about winning and losing. Of and course. that's where well, I think... Of course, there's no question. But I'm just saying, like, they played in a game that they lost, that they led until there were less than 15 seconds left. Well, so, that, to me, why the loss couldn't be any more crippling. Well, of, to them... But, like, the idea that that loss somehow, like, reflects the pact it has nothing to do with anything else. And at the end of the day, like, I'd rather lose games like that. That reflects more positively on a program. Or, or it's, not, it's not about – I don't care about – that. everything's about the league. Like, this is about Oregon football. And that's better than what I saw from 
Washington in the bowl game, what I saw from Washington against Alabama, what I saw from Stanford against Notre Dame, what I saw from USC against Notre Dame. So that's all I'm like. Well, there, there is a chance, though, guy. Auburn, for as much as I'm hyping up, and I'm hyping up pretty strong, they did go 8-5 and five last year. Yeah, they're probably... So they, they, no, they might not be an 11-win team. No, they're probably not an 11-win team, but mm-hmm. that's not the point. Like, the point is they are the, they are the only measuring stick you had, and I think they're a pretty good measuring stick. Whether they lose four games or not, I don't... Like, I just know athletically what it looks like. Like, to me, it's what do you look like when you play these teams that fucking belong? Yeah, and they belong. But, like, no, one, that's but all. no one, no one's arguing that really. No, it's but I think, more... but but I, but I do. Like I think people that people are arguing that because it's like well, when the, you play... the, the the misinformed are no, 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 like because no, because the fact is when Washington played in the Rose Bowl, Ohio State kicked their ass for two quarters, yeah. two and a half quarters. But they did, yeah, yeah. And when USC went and played Notre Dame last year, they got their ass kicked. And when Stanford went and played Notre Dame, they got their ass. Well, it was a little closer. But, but I think me and you are both acknowledging, and I think most level-headed people, this Oregon team is more talented than those two teams, right? Yeah, but, but yeah, and what I'm saying, Oregon has stopped being more talented. Like Oregon just yeah. looked. They got to be like left. I just watch them. One, okay, Oregon looks like Oregon's supposed to look. Now well, they that's still, why this, they still got to like I, it doesn't it doesn't guarantee them anything. They still got to go through this season and try and you know go go to the go win the Rose Bowl. Does that mean no playoffs? Pac-12? Yeah, it might. But what? I, like again, like that. That is not Oregon. Oregon's problem is not how people look at USC or how people look at Washington. That's not Oregon's problem. Oregon's got to worry about Oregon. So if they go win a Rose Bowl, what? With, if they are, if they're a two-loss team, what? Whatever. I just they're like they are not the problem. That's my ultimate point. They are not the problem. One hundred percent. But I, but I think the problem for Mario is the way Insular Oregon is viewing him. They're going to start going because their standards are higher than the way we're talking about, like the Pac-12, just to get it back, like the train back on the track. It's more, can we win a national championship with this right. guy? Because I think right. now it's not arguable. He's an elite recruiter, and he, his guys are going to be tough and physical and fly around. It's like in the big game, though, and that's where I think they love Chip. They just thought he'd go tick for tack with sure. whoever. Sure. Where I think that, that that's where I kind of feel bad for Mario because I thought that was a great showing. That, but the number one question, if I was a booster for Oregon, is like, is this the guy? And that's kind of crazy, but that's just that's the nature of when you have these crippling losses. Because I do think part of that being a crippling loss, guy, you were kicking the shit out of them, and you were handling them, and then you coach tight down the stretch. And once you to- coach tight, that's just kind of who you are. And of I mean, course they, that's who he is. Yeah, because he's they no couldn't throw, They couldn't throw the football. Like, don't forget last year when they lost the Stanford game. They didn't even take like, shots, though. Why are you being so aggressive? Why are you running? Why aren't you kneeling on the football? He was being aggressive. But 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 that but to me, it's one thing. Why aren't you running the football when you're up multiple scores? To me, when you're in like a five, seven, one point game, this game had a feel like. You gotta somewhat play aggressive, like fourth and one to run it up the gut and get stuff like that. Was yeah, a pretty. I mean, you just can't do it. I mean, to me, what you can't do though, guy, it, I, that call is a little more difficult. You got the backup quarterback in. I personally would have punted, but I I understand all the scenarios. It's the previous drive with like five minutes left, a third and seventy runs it, and I think you're up. At that point in time, were they up seven? Or they might have been up one. I can't even remember, but it was just the all-time conservative call. Yeah, I don't think Auburn one. had gotten it to one yet. The yeah, problem was, it on been that eight. drive was that they had thrown early, and so they only took forty-five seconds off the clock in that drive, where they ran it on third down. Yeah, it was wild. Um, great game though. Jalen Hurts going to win the Heisman? Uh, sure. 
you don't want to think people forget because he'd taken a lot of shit over the years. You know, couldn't throw it well enough. Blah 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 blah. All we talked about were Jalen Hurts' flaws. You know what he is? He's the same guy that was the first quarterback in 32 years to start as a true freshman at Alabama in the peak of their powers. He's a co- coach's kid. And when you hear him talk, you go, "God, this this is a really high level guy." Like, yeah, he and then he goes probably with the best offensive coach he's ever had. Think about the the OCs he had. At Bama, Lane, kind of a nut job, always in fighting with Nick. Then he had Sark. Then he had Loxley, who was really good, but he didn't get to start right because he got because Tua beat him out. Right. And I saw Marty Smith, who's just one of my favorite guys at ESPN, just tweeted like, kind of his history starts at Alabama, all SEC. Uh, Tua comes in. There's then like they got to start Tua right away, but he he holds him off. Then gets benched in the natty. Tua comes and becomes a legend. And he doesn't bitch and moan. He doesn't go Jack Sears. Oh, I didn't win the job. I'm going to transfer. Just handle it like a fucking pro. And you know what? He ended up, remember, last year when Tua was banged up, coming back in and winning the SEC championship game. And you know what? I go Jalen Hurts. Is he an NFL guy or not? Is he going to win the Heisman or not? I mean, he might win the Heisman. I'm betting on that motherfucker in life. Like the Jack Sears and all these transfer guys, I short them. And some of them may be right, but it's just the classic mindset today. I, I got to leave. I got to leave. Where are you going? You know? And, and and I think it also speaks to this guy transferred who wanted him. Lincoln. I love him. I, I can't Yeah, I was Jaylen watching and thinking there are guys watching this thinking, oh, yeah, this is why I need to transfer too. And it's like, no, it doesn't work like this for most of you guys. Because most of you guys weren't starting level quarterbacks, championship level quarterbacks to begin with. And I do wonder if in two or three years of the portal, we kind of look back and guys are sticking it out a little more just because there there are more players in the portal than there are spots for you. And guys are going to see other players that transfer and then don't play at the place they transferred to. Because guess what? There's more quarterbacks there too. It's the way it goes. Every God, program talk- has more quarterbacks than it does spots to play quarterbacks. I talked to someone that in college recruiting the other day, mutual friend. Yeah. And you just said there are more spots. There There's are more less players spots, than spots. More players than spots. He said it's not even close. No, it's not. And, and you're talking about, and you're not just talking about a guy like transferring from UC Davis or fucking Fresno State. I'm talking about guys that transfer from Alabama and Texas that go unclaimed. That there is this. The rich, rich polification of the world now, just like always look to get better for yourself. Like, no, it doesn't always work like that. Let's just take a deep breath. You know, being at Texas, being a backup, isn't the worst thing to ever happen to your life. And as we see, I think with uh, this, this thing is also called football, and guys get injured. You know, JT Daniels goes down, and they their backup, the only guy they have is a true freshman, which I would imagine in a perfect world. When they signed him in the spring, they were probably thinking about redshirting him. And it's just everyone just runs. Everyone just runs because that's what LeBron's telling everyone to do on social media. And that's what their parents think is the right thing to do now. And it's just not. Jalen Jalen didn't transfer right away. And then when he did, like remember Deshaun Watson, not Deshaun Watson, but uh, Kelly Bryant? Because mm-hmm. he gets beat out by the better guy. Right. And then the better, I mean, not just the better guy. I mean, a guy that's going to be the number one overall pick. It's like, oh, where's he going to go? I bet he's got a pick of the litter. He ends up in Missouri. He didn't have the pick of the litter. One, most of these teams had their spots filled. Two, he wasn't that good. Like, that's the other thing. When I was talking with a buddy, I was like, do you automatically take people from, like, because this was a lower power five, would you just, if a guy's transferring from Georgia, would you automatically sign him? He's like, well, no, because you start, sometimes the guy, 
you, you do a little research, you're like, well, they, they hated him. The guy's kind of a turd, so he's a character guy. We don't want him. Or two, it turns out he was terrible, and he's just not good enough. And I, I think this notion, and it's just so, you get so much credit on social media where the, a lot of these kids live, that it's just not the right thing. Well, the, the things that play in real world and the things that play on social media are often not the same. Well, I mean, especially when you start, like, in formative years, right, in early teens, doing things like narrowing your list down to your final 15. It's like, I, I, look, I promise you one thing. Those 15 programs don't all love you as much as you love the attention. There's, they just don't. They, you, they just need a guy to come in and compete. And, and Kelly Bryant, say what you want about Missouri – that he is in the 1% of situations that work out better for the player than most, right? But but think about that guy. He was a starting quarterback at arguably 1A or 1B program in the country, and his best option was Missouri. It was down between, like, Missouri and North Carolina. You would well, think, like, oh, the guy's transferred. Like, Jalen Hurts is the extreme exception. Well, I'd say he's dramatically better than Kelly Bryant, right? He's just a much better player. Right. And again, we're nitpicking the top. Like Kelly Bryant doesn't suck. I mean, he started at Clemson, but like you know, Georgia, got, you wouldn't start here. Or Florida goes, yeah, you wouldn't start here. So he ain't starting at most of the or Ohio State or Michigan. Like he's not starting at any of those programs. So then, and his problem, I'm sure, would be, well, would you go to you? Like he would like, I'm not going to UCF, right? The equivalent of like Boise. I'm not going to Boise State, where it's like, like FAU, I, I, where, where I'd say, hey, man. Fucking call Boise State. That might be the right spot for you. But like, State. I mean, Florida State's backup quarterback is a transfer, right? Alex Hornibrook, the guy from uh, but Wisconsin. But he guy, he's terrible. No, no, but, but this is my point, though. It's like when you're that guy and you go to that program, you don't. There's no guarantee that you still. I, like, I don't think you. Oh, get you're that saying Hornibrook didn't even start. Yeah, and I'm saying like you don't get that many. Like, yeah, come here and you will start. I think you get a lot of. Well, if you, yeah, I mean. You can, you'll have a chance to compete for the job. I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. Right? Unless you're like Justin Fields, the guy from Georgia, that's a no-brainer elite talent. But that's know? what I'm saying. It's like the, and he's he, the 1% of the 1%. Right. The, I think the other big game, big takeaway from Saturday is, and this speaks to Mario, where Oregon got lucky. I would much rather have Mario. Than, Willie Taggart is a disaster. Mm. And, in, and, and this is the way I summed it up on Saturday. In, the, in basketball, we hype up players. Like, we love acting like Chris Paul is Magic Johnson or Carl Anthony Towns the next Shaq. And it's just the overhyping of players. Football, we don't overhype players. We're actually, it's the one sport where we're kind of very critical of players, maybe even over the top, unfairly sometimes. It's, it's really hard to get proper credit in football as a player because they're just waiting for you to throw one pick or make one fumble or do something or get hurt and they shit on you. But they overhype coaches. Because now agents are so strong, there's so much money in coaching, that we just start blowing coaches. For about two years, the media could not, they put Willie Taggart like he was just this badass ass kicker. I I think he's a joke. I I think he's a full-on fraud meathead. What he's doing at Florida State to lose that game, guy, I, I don't think he's a lock to be the head coach next year. Because the way, they missed their first bowl game in what, 38 years or whatever. Then... To be up at home against Boise State, which every Seminole fan has to look at Boise State, not just inferior, but like, we're going to lose to Boise State, even though they should probably give them respect, but there's no way they did. So then they're thinking, we're going to kick the shit out of them. Then, guy, they are kicking the shit out of them. 
I think the score at one point in time was like 31-10. to 10. I mean, he's blasting them. And then to lose that game, and it turns out the game was in Tallahassee because they had to move it because of the hurricane. Right. I, I, now, to me and you, that loss, we'd go, well, yeah, boys, you beat Florida State, especially this level Florida State team. But to them, that is a devastating loss. That's bad. I mean, well, I don't know if – did you watch any of the um, Fox pregame show on Saturday? No, but were you texting me Urban was good? A lot of people were saying Urban yeah, was good. Yeah, I did. I, well, I saw Colin tweet – Urban did this breakdown of like the RPO, the spread RPO, but I would just have, I just was going back and forth between college game day and Fox. And I thought Urban was really good. And uh, one of the things he said was just kind of, he made it clear that, that it's early. He's like, I'm not saying their season's over, but Willie Taggart right now, like these coaches are going to go, er- they got to go earn their money because they got to get this team back. They got to keep this team from falling apart right now. Like he was he said this after the game. Yeah. Well, maybe it was when was that? What time was that game? It was the morning game. You, it's a good point. Like maybe he, he might have like, said it going it. Well, guy, they were three and nine last year or whatever. No, so. it was. So, am I thinking of a different game? When would he have? Were they on longer than I thought? I could swear he was talking about them. Maybe I, I don't know what time that pregame show yeah, was on. Fuck! Now I now you got me wondering what was he was he talking about. That's a good point Before? by him. If it was, they got to earn their money because they do. Yeah, how long could they? What, what time was that game over? It would have been over like 1 o'clock. Were they still on? Maybe they were on for a long time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't watch <laughs> one minute of that show. Well, I'm pretty sure that I thought that's what <laughs> Just go with it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But anyway, Urban was good. Anyway. And did you see uh, after the game, Brian Harson's Boise's coach was like, he was pretty matter of fact. I mean, that's what. Boise's quarterback's pretty good. Was he a true freshman? Yeah, true freshman. W- what did Brian Harson say after the game? Well, just of course, like, of course, we come back. We're fucking Boise State. Yeah, like we, you know, but it was he wasn't like jumping up and down, high fiving a bunch of people. Like at one point, there's like 14 seconds left. It's clear they're going to win, and some player who's like not dressed out is like hitting him on the shoulder, like wants to celebrate, and he just kind of turns around, and gives him one of like, get the fuck back, dude. Like just gives him like a, what do you do? Just everybody get back. There's still. 11 seconds on the clock. we got to kneel this game out. Well, Boise went to win because they knew they could win. To me, I don't – Florida State probably thought they could win. Now they lost, I mean, for whatever quote-unquote swag they had. Like, get out. Willie Taggart just – I'm so tired of the media hyping up some of these coaches. And I can't – I mean, I've probably done it before or whatever. But for the most part, I I do a little research, just text a couple people that know people, and they go, whoa, that is not true. And it's just the way it works. I mean, I love Bruce Feldman, but – you know, he, he does these lists, and they have a lot of pull with ADs. No different than, like, when Albert Breer and Peter King do it about future executives. And it's like, you don't know. You well, know? I, you know, it, that's one thing that drives, especially when it comes to assistance. And that's you're what right. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, the level of BS, because you're not, you don't know who really calls the play sometimes. You don't know who really on defense. And it happens so much, as you said, you text somebody, whether it's another coach or somebody on the staff or, whoever's around scouts people know internally pretty quickly who's the guy that's getting propped up and who's the guy that's real other coordinators people that coach against him there is no way to know if you if you really want i mean there is a way to know it's ask other people but if you're just going to sit and watch games it's really hard to know yeah no you got no clue i I, I especially and, and the worst ones john it's like oh this quarterback's coach it's like okay i maybe Especially when it's this quarterback coach and the head coach is like Kyle Shanahan. You're like, well, 
You know, or like the quarterback coach for the Oklahoma Sooners, they were saying last night on the broadcast, obviously everyone loves to come teach, or not teach, but learn from Lincoln Riley. So in the offseason, all these NFL coaches will send assistants down to like spend a couple days. And the one room that Lincoln does not let any of those people in is the quarterback room. And the way uh, Blackledge defined it was like, he was telling us, I want my quarterbacks to be so comfortable in that room just to be 100% honest at all times and never feel like I can't say this because, you know, McVay's in the back or whatever. He wants them to be look like, Coach, I hate this play. Coach, I don't like doing this. And he just wants like full, like a drama-free real, like just wants it to be 100% real where it's not like you can go to the wide receiver rooms, you come to our team meetings, you're just not allowed in the quarterback room. Like, whoa. But Lincoln's always in the quarterback meetings. Interesting. And I, there are a couple stats. I, I read this article in The Athletic. Two stats really jumped out. Georgia Southern, who beat Tennessee, I think it played 10-plus Power 5 programs in the last you know 10 years or whatever mm. since they started playing Power 5 programs. They had lost to those teams by like an average of 30-plus a game, and they beat Tennessee. I mean, that's Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, that's the easiest that's way trouble. to get fired or something like yep. that. Yep. Also, Chip Kelly – in his whatever, however many years at Oregon, like six, he was outgained by opponents, I think like less than three times. In At UCLA, they've been outgained like 13 of their 14 games. Wow. So, yeah, buddy, it's on for Chip. Um, the uh, couple other things, JT Daniels got hurt. KJ Costello, that might be a bigger injury. I don't I mean, it's a concussion. Uh, I think he got hit in the head. Uh, JT Daniels is out for the year, which is crazy with an ACL. But they play they play each other this year, right? Or they I mean play this each other this week. What time? What game is that? I think it's at night. I think it's a seven seven o'clock Saturday night ESPN. I think where uh, that game is at Stanford. I, I saw a great tweet, honestly, guy, because the. Uh, not honestly, but just saw a great tweet that Saturday night, the USC. Oh, it's Stanford, at, I'm sorry, it's at SC. The USC Stanford game was just pretty awesome, or the U, the USC Fresno State game, which yeah. is good. It was you know people were watching, and someone's like, "The Pac-12, this is your brand. Good, like this doesn't happen in the morning. It doesn't quite feel the same. There's something about dark. Embrace the brand. Stop trying to fight it. Like, and I started thinking they're kind of right. Like you have the night. But understand, tell- it's the, it's not Larry Scott's not fighting the brand. It's the coaches hate playing those games. The coaches hate playing at seven seven o'clock seven seven forty five. Yeah, but that's when good shit happens. No shit, I, I agree with you. It's it's awesome. So I'm my take you. was like, yeah, I don't need I, the nine thirty game with everyone kind of sleepy. Fuck that. Like just but, we're but, a, but we're like, a night. This is where the nine the nine thirty game is like like there might be a couple of them a year, right? It's not even a thing really. It just gets a lot of attention because it's weird. But until you start reading that it might be like USC, Ohio State, or something, you're like, whoa. Or, yeah, but or but my point is, even then, you're going to get thirty of the seven. You're going to get all the seven o'clock games you want. Like I like I like I love me a good night. Pack I'm with you. I'm with you. And Just by dark, the way, didn't you feel like the college game was kind of rocking the other night too? Well, I mean, there no? was announced 52,000. I mean, it was cool well, on I, TV. I, I'm, not, I'm just talking about when you watch it on TV. Yeah. I felt yeah. like the crowd was in it. Like, I whatever they announced, I thoroughly enjoyed it, though. I mean, they're kind of booing SC. Like, it's pretty ugly for Clay right now. And it just tore his ACL. That's a, that's a pretty devastating injury week one. We don't 
it feels like it happens more in the NFL than in college, doesn't it? Like devastating injuries early. Yeah, I I don't feel like it ha- Yes, <laughs> that is just whoa. I know. Uh, I'm sure we're. I mean, so much stuff happened college football wise. Yeah. I'm sure we're missing something. But it was. It was. God, oh, fuck! I love football. Duke, Alabama. Please don't play again. Yeah. Um, no takes there. There it actually really wasn't that great of a slate, but it just shows you like if you just get four or five sweet ones, you're good. Yeah. Well, oh, L- Jacob, L- e- Jacob Eason at Washington looked good. Uh, Joe Burrow at LSU, first uh, LSU quarterback ever to throw five touchdowns in a game. Seriously, first ever. Yeah, we'll, we'll think they don't throw the ball really. No, I, that's crazy though. So yeah. that's crazy. I didn't hear first that first ever might be strong, but it was one of that in the in the chip article or not the chip article, but just like the top twenty stats from week one of college football. That was one of them. Yeah, it was Burrow five touchdowns, and then you think it out loud, you're like, just when's the last time LSU threw a lot of touchdowns? I mean, they don't. Yeah, Maddie Mock. They did throw. Uh, I mean, they didn't win fifty five to three. North Carolina. How about Mac Brown getting a win? Do you see his post game crying? Do you think that if you're Will Muschamp and you lose to a guy, I texted with a buddy that lives in the South, and I said, Will Muschamp just lost to a guy that works 20 hours a week, maybe, and that includes game day. Like, Who's that's his, who a rough coordinators? Loss. Who, Mac? Yeah. I mean, just randos. Like the old guys. Isn't it kind of crazy know. that you'd have two guys who won a national championship together coaching against each other and neither was coaching for the program they won the national championship for? Did Will Muschamp coach for him when they won the national championship? Yeah, I thought he was their DC when they won the. Because remember, wasn't he the coach in waiting after that? And then he bounced, and people were like, "What's he doing?" I, I I think that Will Muschamp's a good example of maybe you're right. He was the DC. No, he wasn't the DC then. He was not the DC when they won the national title. No, he came in later. He came in and like. Oh wait, ten. Oh, he so was I guess the it D- was probably like he was the DC when they ago, played right? in the national title okay. against Alabama. All right, let's pretend that's what he <clears> said. Now it's it's hard for me to call him like an overrated coach because he was Saban's DC forever. Then he went with Saban to Miami. Then he was at Auburn DC. Then he was tech. Like he was clearly coaching like elite programs, being a coordinator. So to me, he's not like an overhyped coordinator. And he co- I mean, he's he he. Is he over five hundred? He is, and he coaches in a good. He coaches his both head coaching jobs have been in a, in the SEC. Exactly. So I I think that it's just it's more that he's just not a great head coach. I mean, I think he is a worthy, clearly a defensive coordinator. I think his problem is just again, Mac Brown is notorious just not working. And if you're telling me at his age now, now he doesn't even make that much money. He's not. Will Muschamp probably quadrupled his hours over the last four weeks of just in the office grinding, getting ready for this game. So I, if people are acting like that's one of the worst losses of the week. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Like who is like who just assumes South Carolina's beaten North Carolina on any given year, beside like the clowny years for South Carolina. So people are acting like that's one of the worst. Like that's a Tennessee Georgia State. I don't view it that way. Like that's a shitty loss, I guess, if you're Will. And you don't want that when you're making four and a half million to coach at USC, the East Coast USC. I don't. I refuse. Let's just call it South Carolina. Sounds weird when you say USC, but I I don't view that as just some all time devastating loss to you. Like Tennessee, that's that's bad. Yeah, Georgia no, State to lose to no. Georgia State. Yeah, because people were saying that's the worst loss in the history of the of Tennessee. Yeah, 
It's got to be. Well, up. I texted Lee. I texted Leaf because he called the game, and I'm like, "Did you think like sometimes you just kind of know like something weird's about to happen? Were they losing uh, throughout the game? I, you know, I didn't. I only caught a few minutes of the game. I don't know. But he was he like, took, no. he took a pretty cool 50 yard line fo- photo with Peyton. I, I know. I saw that. They showed it on the broadcast. That's pretty cool. You realize, God, these two guys are massive. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.